Hello and welcome again to Backyard Catch. This is your host, Nick Roby. Uh, thanks for tuning in again, guys, uh, and joining in with us. I've got our good friend, Mr. Will Harper, on with us tonight to talk about some football. Will, how's it going? Week one, how, how are you feeling right now? Week one, so my Panthers lost, but I, w- I was expecting us to lose, honestly. We mm-hmm. kept it close with the with the Rams, so I'm I'm pretty excited about it. My fantasy teams, which maybe you care about, probably you don't. I'm gonna tell you anyways. I went two and one on the week, so okay. picked up two wins in two different leagues and took an L on the other one. But that's all right. I took an L. I'm gonna bounce back. So looking forward to it. I'm feeling better this week. I've gotten over my gunk that I had last week, so I'm back to mostly a normal voice. So we'll see how it plays out this week. But yeah, okay. football's back. I'm excited. Oh, and um, I ended my show of college football, at least for the week. With right. Our, with my Gamecocks resounding victory over the ever-tough Charleston Southern Buccaneers. Yeah, it looked like a 7-on-7 like a seven seven game on Saturday y'all were playing. It, it felt like it, too. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I'm I'm back on the college football train, but okay. we have Alabama this week, so yeah. I'm probably back off next week. But we'll see. Hey, hey, listen, you know what happened last time though? Ten in 2010, I was in the building as a junior at the University of South Carolina. Whenever Stephen Garcia led the Gamecocks to a victory over the Alabama Crimson Tide, currently ranked number one. Yeah, I'm. It's pretty crazy. Also, a side note, it did feel like Stephen Garcia had like eight years of eligibility at South Carolina. He like was there for forever. He, yes, he was Hunter Renfro before Hunter Renfro was Hunter Renfro. Hunter Renfro was Hunter Renfro. Yeah. It's pretty fun. Yeah, it was, it was an awesome week one. I felt like a lot of big, big games, some really surprises, I think, than some people were expecting, and then definitely some people kind of underwhelmed, but that's kind of be expected in a week one matchup. I, it was fun to get to watch. Yeah, the Panthers, it had been fun if they had pulled it out, but you were playing against the defending uh, conference champions. And so to, to make it close and even be within a striking throw towards the end of the game, even with like Cam not on his best game, I thought that was pretty impressive and to be in it. And having CMC go off, too. Oh, for sure. That was pretty, that was pretty fun. And I, just, I feel like we just got a lot of – there were some good games, and then there was just seeing some teams succeed even then more than we were expecting. And also learning that if you are play fantasy, if you have anyone playing the Dolphins, you make sure you start them that week. You start all of your players against Miami. <laughs> For it's sure. It doesn't matter who it is. If you, if you have the number three receiver, you're throwing them out there against the Dolphins this year. Yeah. I mean, that was crazy. So what... Um, what was there a team that like really impressed you or like just some things that stood out from week one? Yeah. Uh I think the thing that impressed the most, and I hate to say this, is the Patriots. Yeah. They completely dismantled the Steelers on Sunday night. Mm-hmm. It was a clinic put on by the machine Tom Brady and and his weapons, which we've started the podcast and I think we're the first sports based thing in the world that didn't mention Antonio Brown first, but we can work him in here. Antonio Brown's not a member of the Patriots, which is absurd. It's, it feels like they're cheating. Like they're not cheating, but there's, it feels like it's like somebody turned off the no trade settings in like Madden or something. 
and then just decided to put Antonio Brown on the Patriots. But that's real life right now. It it is. It's insane. So now Tom Brady is going to have Antonio Brown and Josh Gordon lined up outside, and Edelman work in the middle in the slot to go along with Sony Michelle and James White and Rex Burkhead right. and Damian Harris. All these weapons around him, like he needs any weapons really. So to see the Patriots there, whew, and to see what they did before Antonio Brown was even part of the team to beat Pittsburgh that bad, which I think we can agree. We, I think we both had Pittsburgh last week in the playoff hunt, maybe yeah. in, maybe out. I think you might have had them actually winning the division. I think I had them. I know I had the Ravens winning the division, but I can't remember if I had the, the, the Steelers in the actual playoffs or not. But anyways, we expect them to be a, a pretty good team. And just to see the Patriots come out and just totally control the game on both sides of the ball the entire time was very impressive to watch. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think that's a, that's a good pick. I mean, the Patriots are the Patriots, and I think they've shown that they they just reload and just they look a little different every year, but it's still the same still the same team. And that's the scary part is they're getting Antonio Brown. Now, I think what teams can hope for is that it takes some time for them to figure out how to use him. And, you know, if he doesn't start demanding like 12 to 15 targets every game and it like throws off the chemistry almost. But other than that, I think there's going to be this machine that's going to march into the playoffs, especially the end of the division they're playing in. So it'll be fun. I feel like it's brought a lot up of the, comparisons of with Randy Moss from the Raiders to the Patriots you know another 84 going to the Patriots and that's the one of the big years that Brady had where he won MVP through a bunch of touchdowns they are a passing attack and they're gonna be different this year like it's not the same and Brady's older too but still man it, it, it makes them scary that's for sure um but and I mean another one that's scary too is still the Chiefs you know I think that they just reminded us again of like that Patrick Mahomes is the real deal. And they just come out first quarter against the Jaguars who, you know, they're not slouches on defense, especially with having like guys like Ramsey, you know, and, and Sammy, the lizard King Watkins is going off for three touchdowns. Um, that was pretty fun for me, but just showing that they're, they're going to be a, a tough passing force in this league. That's for sure. Um, uh, oh yeah. The one thing that, that hurts for them is the fact that, Tyreek Hill went out. I'm right. not sure how long he's going to be out. Have you heard any specifics on how long he's going to be out? No, I haven't heard any specifics, but um, I mean, he definitely broke something. Um, I would definitely expect it to be a multi-week injury. Mm-hmm. So we'll see I, what the, the Miko Hardman experience is going to be. I know, but that's the ironic part is that I remember like listening to some we're just talking to there was some fancy stuff. They're talking about that from a pers- perspective of with Sammy Watkins, you know, and now you're looking at it from a Tyreek Hill situation. So I'm reading a report that says like he could range from missing a few games to IR and designated return. So it just really depends on what kind of uh, prog- prognosis they get um, from him. So that de- that definitely hurts, but I think the Chiefs have also shown that their system really works and Mahomes can like they're gonna, there's gonna be guys open to play, but it's hard to replace a guy like Hill. That's for yeah, sure. For sure, yeah, because he's just speed personified. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's a, a human lightning bug. Yeah, 
which no, is not really fast. Now I say it, it's not a fast bug at all, but you get what I'm saying. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, um, didn't think that went through all the way, but I, I like it, the human lightning bug. We're going to stick with it. I like, um, it. I like Another team that impressed me, and it's a team that I'll hit on here more in a little bit when we start going through some individual performances, but it is my champions that I said from the uh, AFC North, the Baltimore Ravens. I know they just played the Dolphins, and the Dolphins are garbage. But they looked really good. Lamar Jackson um, was awesome. And I'll get more into him in a little bit. But, uh, yeah, the, the Ravens, they put up a, a solid a solid game. Solid game, and I think just showing that I mean, obviously, some of the stats will probably come down over the course of the year, but they're they're for real. And I think it's showing that Lamar is definitely more of a passer than even I was. You know, I'll admit that I I thought he could be in the NFL. So we'll see what that kind of looks out with him over a full season. But they were really impressive. Another team that was impressive for me was the Cowboys. Just how much of their passing attack came out, and granted, it was against the Giants, um, who are definitely on the lower end of the NFL spectrum of just talent-wise right now. But still, just what, I mean, Dak was throwing over 400 yards, multiple touchdowns. Um, they look dynamic. And so it does kind of seem like it's it's time for them to to make a step up. Or teams like that, okay, can they can they keep that up for a whole season or enough to, to make them really to be title contenders? is the thing, you know, because you have other teams like the Eagles who were off to a slow start and able to pull it around, but that's me an interesting race for me. So for sure. And one more thing on the Cowboys. Yeah. Do you think it's as crazy as I think it is that Kellen Moore is their offensive coordinator and he's 30 years old, Okay, 30 year old Colin plays in the national football league. Is it Kellen Moore like Boise state quarterback? Yeah. Okay, that's Moore. what I was thinking this whole time. Yeah, hmm. the, the I, lefty that throws it from his chest. Yes. Yeah. That's him. He is the offensive coordinator for the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, listen, you know what? If it's working, I think I think they roll with it because they've, they've been needing some in, inventiveness and creativity you know, on that offense. So if that's working for them, that's great. It is crazy. It, it does seem like he's pretty young because you're like wow it's only a few years older than me and, and like <laughs> you know you're like leading an offense and also the fact that he's 30 years old is kind of crazy to me i feel like i, oh, I still yeah. remember playing quarterback at boise state so the think of him being 30 is really weird that's a sign though but yeah there's some young ones i mean sean mcveigh's only in, he's only in his early 30s too right he's like 33 34 yeah he's up in his yeah in his mid 30s somewhere i'm not exactly sure yeah, but yeah, he's he's a he's a baby too. So there's definitely a a youth movement going through, especially on the offensive side of the NFL right now. Yeah, a lot of a lot of young, innovative play callers. Yeah, oh, but then you look even last night though they had like Romeo Cornell was like for the the defense coordinator for the Texans and he's like 72. Oh, Romeo. So, <laughs> so so there's there's a wide age range in the NFL. That's for sure. For sure. Even on the Rams, because uh, Wade Phillips is the defensive coordinator for McVeigh. Right, right. And Wade's old enough to be his grandfather. So, there's that. (laughs) 
Age has no limit in the NFL. It's Papa only how fans. well. Wait it's all results-based. Um, yeah, that's pretty fun. So Will and I, um, if any more thoughts on that, we're going to jump into some of just our favorite players. So as we're doing this every week, just some of our favorite players from the week, um, just from different positions. So Will, why don't you start us off? Who is your quarterback that you picked as your favorite player this week? Sure. I hinted at it earlier, and it's definitely Lamar Jackson. Mm-hmm. He went, let me just give you some stats real quick. He went 17 for 20 uh, for 328 yards and five touchdowns. Now, the thing with Lamar is he's known for his running. Right. Do you want to guess how many rushing yards he had? You know, uh, if, I'm, if I'm trying to remember off the top of my head, I'm going to go 50. That's way over. He had three attempts for six yards. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So he put up these huge passing numbers, granted, against the Dolphins. But still, the the progression of him as a passer and to put up these massive passing numbers, he had a perfect passer rating. To put all this stuff up and then only have six rushing yards, which is how he's going to score his, his fantasy points, at least. That's how he's going to make his living throughout the year. But he proved it that, hey, he can do it. Um with the arm too. He doesn't necessarily need the legs all the time. Yeah. No, it, it was, it was impressive. That is, that is less than I would thought. And I think it, that, that definitely must've been a statement thing too, that he was kind of like trying to show he didn't have to do it with his legs, but also when there's nobody around his receiver in the same zip code, that also helps too. <laughs> uh, <laughs> right. Defense. There so. were definitely some wide open receivers. Yeah, no, it's impressive. It will see. We'll see if you can keep it up. Um, okay, so going to my quarterback. So preface, they're on, on my team. However, I did not start them. I, I I definitely did the the last minutes bench to switch. I switched to Jared Goff as my starter, which wasn't like a bad pick. I don't think he just didn't have the game really that we were maybe expecting with all those weapons they had in Carolina. Uh, I mean, against Carolina. Uh, but I'm going to go with um, Philip Rivers. It's just my quarterback. You know, we had like guys like mentioned. We mentioned Dak Prescott having 400 yards and four touchdowns. But I was kind of wanting to mention this because I have him on my team, but I benched him. But Rivers had was 25 of 34 for 333 yards, three touchdowns, one pick, six yards rushing too. So I think so, it's a fact. So what you're saying is that Philip Rivers is just as a good a, a rusher as. Lamar Jackson. You know, if really you want to just take this clip and just make a hot take of that, that's basically what I'm saying. So, put some fire emojis beside it. Right, fire emojis. You know, maybe put like big words on like a video. Nick Roby says Philip Rivers is a better runner than Lamar Jackson. Philip Rivers, aka Papa Bolota. Papa Bolota. I mean. He still he still has less rushing yards than how many kids he has. So we still have to move up up to there. He needs to get three more yards, but it's still there. I thought he played pretty well. I mean, he gets a good indie team that's had a lot of transition this year, but still they've got a lot of weapons, and I think they're going to be a force this year in the AFC. The thing for them is, can they finish games? I know they've had some problem with their kickers, and they just had you know last year. I feel like it was a big expectation year, and they kind of 
let they were good, but they kind of let down a little bit. And this year they might be able to fly on the radar and and really put some good performances together. So, so Phil, sorry I didn't start you, but you are my quarterback of the week. There you go. Yeah. All right, I'll go next with my running back. My running back is a little bit of a homer pick. I'm going with Christian McCaffrey. Mm. He had an awesome week. He had 128 yards on the ground with two touchdowns. And then in typical CMC fashion, 10 catches for 81 yards. So he put up over 200 yards of total offense with a couple of scores. He was pretty much the offense for the Panthers against the Rams. Yeah, um, yeah. The the leading rusher by far. He got the most work in the receiving game. Uh, DJ Moore got a lot of targets too, but yeah, definitely was the 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 top pass catching option for Cam this week. Mm-hmm. We have a short turnaround. We play on Thursday night against the Bucks this week, so I'm hoping that he can parlay his strong performance into another. But yeah, Christian's a stud. If you if you got him in fantasy, congratulations. You have a a top end. Put him in your lineup. Only take him out during the bye week. Put him right back in your lineup kind of player. You just kind of plug and play. Don't even think about it. So Christian is my running back of the week. I like it. I like it. And the fun part with him is it's all the receptions too. And especially in a PPR league, you know, where you get points for receptions like in ours. You know, that's I don't say guaranteed points, but it's you know you're going to get some kind of baseline with him, just because they're going to get they're going to feed him the ball. So he's going to get the touches, and it's just a matter of what he can do with it. Um, For sure. But yeah, that's good. I'm going to also in my running back. Uh, they were in the same game against the Chargers, but for the Indianapolis Colts, I had uh, Mr. Marlon Mack. He only went for 25 carries, 174 yards, uh, a touchdown, and a two point conversion. Shoo. As well. Yeah, a little little extra in there. They did lose in overtime, but I thought they played pretty well. But it's it just, just, just to show, like, he's he's a beast, and I think he's one of those guys, again, he's going to get the touches. Um, and especially in a, you know, a league where you were trying to think through running backs and receivers, you want guys who are going to touch the ball. And for them this year, especially with having Brissett as the quarterback, who I've been talking about in another podcast, like he's good, but Mac's going to be probably the focal point now, and even now Funches is out too. So it makes him even more, you know, the number one piece on the offense. So for sure, but shout out, shout out, Mr. Mac. Return of the Mac. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I said last week that Mac may be the one from the indie offense that would struggle. The most with luck retiring because he's now the focus um, that the defense is going to have. He's he's the top guy. They're going to work on shutting him down. But he came out this first week and, and proved me wrong. We'll see if he can keep it going throughout the year. Yeah, I like it. Who did you get for wide receiver? All right, so my receiver route, I kind of went in a different direction. So far, maybe with the exception of Lamar, um, They've been players that are our top guys that we knew coming in. So we we knew Christian McCaffrey was going to be awesome. We knew Mac, or at least we all thought Mac would be awesome. Lamar, we knew had a great matchup because Miami's not much. And then Phillip Rivers, you just seen him do it for the past fifty years. So you these are all players that we knew and expected good performances from. 
The guy I want to bring up is a rookie that I don't know if he's owned anywhere in any of our leagues. Probably he, Well, he's probably owned in our Dynasty League because our benches are so massive. Uh, but it's Terry McLaurin, the rookie receiver for the Washington Redskins. He had five catches for 125 yards and a touchdown. So he was actually teammates with Dwayne Haskins in college at Ohio State. So you would think with that stat line, well, yeah, of course, because he has a building connection with the quarterback, Haskins is going to feed him the ball, he's comfortable with him. Well, mm-hmm. Haskins didn't play quarterback. It was Case Keenum. So to see what McLaurin did with a quarterback that is not his buddy and not his former teammate, as a rookie, I thought was pretty impressive. There you go. That's a good pick. And I and I like seeing rookies like that do well um, and get their get their shot too. That's pretty fun. Um, my wide receiver uh, was not expected to have a big game this week and only came out in the first half and set career highs for himself. Uh, I picked uh, Sammy Watkins. He. Ended up with nine catches for 198 yards and three touchdowns against the Jaguars, which just went off. It was it was pretty fun to watch, and especially, you know, they did they did lose Hill um, for for probably for some expanded period of time, but just see you know that he's healthy and just to see him play. Like I remember watching him play uh, too. You know, I think that's the hard thing sometimes with these guys is that, that when they go pro, you don't always get to see the same them play the same way maybe like i remember in college i'm um, just because it's at a higher level but that was fun so it, it was fun getting to see him go off and um of course i'm bummed that i didn't get to take any of clemson players because other people beat me to it but it was fun to see him him rock out the lizard king oh yeah he came out and he definitely dominated so mm-hmm. he'll he'll be well i would still say that kelsey's gonna be the top receiving option um, for the Chiefs now, but Sammy, I can see, is definitely going to be the number two option behind mm-hmm. Kelsey for the foreseeable future until Tyreek comes back. So, yeah, he'll have plenty more chances to come in and, and rock out. All right. I'll wrap up with my tight end. Uh, it's so I think I know I mentioned last week that I have Devontae in all three leagues. We'll get to him right. later. Sorry, Devontae. I have Curtis Samuel in all three leagues. Also, not great this past week. I still have hope. There's one other player I have in all three leagues. And I did not start him in any of these three leagues. In one of the leagues, and the one that I lost, it actually cost me the game that I started the other guy instead of him. Um, but in the league that we're in, in my other league, I have Evan Ingram. And he... Mm-hmm. We'll find out more about Evan Ingram in a little bit. But... It's Mark Andrews. So there's a very distinct Ravens feel (laughs) with my top performance for the week. But (laughs) Mark Andrews came out and brought in eight grabs for 108 yards and a touchdown. The touchdown actually did not come from Lamar Jackson passing the ball. It was from Robert Griffin III later on in the game once Lamar had came in, went 17 for 20, threw all his touchdowns, threw all his passes, and and they pulled him because they didn't want to get him hurt. But all offseason, all training camp, all preseason, the buzz around the Ravens has been that he has been Lamar's favorite target. Right. And 
he came out and pretty much proved that by getting 108 yards. So he wasn't the leading receiver this week because that was that was Hollywood Marquise Brown, um, mm. who had an absurd like four catches for 100 and something yards and two touchdowns. It's crazy, but Mark's going to be the guy all year, week in and week out. He'll probably have see he had eight catches this week. He'll probably be in the six to nine range. Of course, there'll be some games when he has like three or four, but for the most part, he'll be hanging out there all year. And I have learned to 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 play Mark. So <laughs> in the fine. league, in the league that I didn't play him, I actually traded Darren Waller, my other tight end, and he's now my only tight end. So I have no choice but to play him. I'm sorry I didn't play you, Mark. Uh, you are now in the game. Mm. Okay. There we go. And then uh, to finish out, I have uh, I do have Evan Ingram as my uh, tight end of the week. He, you know, casually went for 11. He catches 116 yards and a touchdown in a tight end, um, you know, in a losing effort against the Cowboys. But uh, uh, proving to be a reliable um, receiver uh, for Eli and the Giants um, going forward, especially with, you know, not having – um, OBJ out there. Um, so thinking that he's just gonna be a reliable guy this year, especially, especially when, you know, as they're trying to figure out what to do with Eli and Daniel Jones, um, this year, I don't know if you saw that they, they did, they did play Daniel Jones. Yeah. This week. I, I saw that where he came in there towards the end and got some playing time. Yeah. And then promptly also fumbled the ball too. So in classic Daniel Jones fashion. Right. Right. So, We'll see, but I think he's going to be a reliable. Evan is going to be a reliable guy this year. So there you go. That's and our, one more. I'm going to say yeah. one more thing about Evan too. So I mentioned I own Evan in the other two leagues. So to sit there and watch the end of the game, and knowing that they're not going to win, they're in a negative game script. They're trying to come back. Just to watch the Cowboys play prevent defense, and to watch Evan Ingram run like eight yard drag routes over the middle. And just be wide slap open and catch like twelve yard passes at a time was awesome. <laughs> As a fantasy owner, you're like, all right, the Giants are gonna stink. This is gonna happen a lot this year. Evan's gonna be the guy who soaks up these targets whenever they're guarding all the guys downfield to prevent big plays. So yeah, hopefully we'll see a lot of, of Evan Ingram in this um in this little segment the rest of the year. Yeah. Yeah, he's definitely going to get an opportunity for that, too. And then, side note, we didn't talk about him, but the the New Orleans and Texans game was pretty crazy um, the other night, the little back and forth that they had, you know, Breeze and Watson just throwing daggers back and forth to each other. And, yeah, that was that was probably the best game. Right. It was definitely the best game I watched this weekend. It's a top game that I've watched maybe ever just in terms of the end of the game and the competitiveness and the craziness and back and forth. And mm-hmm. yeah, it was, it was sweet. I hate that the Saints won, but yeah. Yeah. It was fun well, to watch nonetheless. That was pretty fun to watch. All right. How, um, quick hot tech, quick hot. How'd you feel about the down and distance logo that Monday night was trying to roll out? <laughs> the, uh, electric yellow, <laughs> First mm-hmm. and ten, yeah. Uh, so the first half of the game, 
I actually didn't get to watch it. So I came in at halftime. And when I came in and I got home, I was scrolling through Twitter and I saw all the backlash, just screenshots and people saying they hated it. So whenever I actually got to watch the game, that was whenever Shifty had come in on Twitter with the breaking news that they were changing away from the yellow first and 10 marker. So I never got to actually experience it. But, yeah, it looked pretty stupid. Yeah. So that's the funny part is I only watched the first half pretty much. And then I didn't even see, like, what they changed in the second half. Did they just make it, like, black or something? Yeah, it ended up being black with a white first and 10 and a white arrow. What they should do, if they, if they want to use color, I think they should do, like, the team color. So when the Saints have the ball, make it black with gold outline. And when the Texans have the ball, make it navy with red outline. Can incorporate the colors in a little bit, but that's just my yeah. own personal opinion. <laughs> no, I think I think it's good. If, you, if I'm, I'm about having some pizzazz, you know, some 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 um factor to it, you know, have some fun with it. Maybe just don't pick the color that means that there's a penalty on the field and confuse people. Because I definitely oh, had that sure. before I looked at Twitter. So anyway, I was just curious with that because I thought that was interesting. Um, and I still was waiting. Um, it, it felt weird only after last year having all three of them at the, as the announcers, you know, Booger and then the main guy. Um, Tessator but, and then Witten, too. Right, right. But I felt like I, was, I missed Witten a little bit, you know. I was expecting some kind of, like, straightforward talk, and I, and I didn't get it. I just got Booger the whole time. <laughs> so it was, it was throwing me off, you know. I, I, wonder oh. if, I wonder if we'll miss him or if we'll just be like, just move on to the next year. Oh, Booger. Yeah, I, <laughs> I have a book. feeling that next year they're going to try to – just wipe the slate clean and pay Tony Romo whatever he wants. <laughs> yeah. I think, listen, ESPN, it would it'd be worth it for them to it. Um, did you have any uh, any duds you want to talk about? Yeah. I mean, I got to talk about Devontae. Yeah. You just, okay, here, you have the floor. Do you, do you need to give him a pep talk? Do you need to, like, just, like, just speak out what's in your heart right now with all your, from, for Devontae? Well, Devontae, uh, I still believe in you. Um, you're still my boy. I'm not. I'm not training you. I'm not cutting you. You're. You're sticking with me through thick and thin. But you did have a pretty tough week. Uh, that Thursday night game was awful, <laughs> just top to bottom. Packers and Bears. We were so excited for football, and it was just trash. But one positive thing to take away from Devontae. I know he's going to get targets. I know he's going to get volume. Aaron Rodgers has said he wants to throw it to him even more than he did last year. Mm. To see Marcus Valdez-Scantling step up and also be a liable uh, receiver and a viable option to throw the ball to play in and play out, it's going to take some of the the coverage maybe away from Devontae. So it'll loosen things up for him to be able to get open more because he, he needed that second option that'll pull coverage away and keep them honest. So to see Valdez-Scantling step up and do that, that, that put a little smile on my face. But, yeah, I'm sticking with Devontae. Hopefully that'll be his worst game of the year. Um, last year he, he, he hardly ever busted. So yeah. that's, his, that's his, his mulligan for the year. So that's, oh. I, I had to talk about him. And also, yeah. side note to Curtis Samuel, my other guy I've got, he didn't do too hot either, but – He's got the Bucks on Thursday night, so hopefully we can get him rolling. Yeah, 
I think so. And and the encouraging part for for Devontae is that Aaron Rodgers didn't take any snaps in preseason. Now, granted, they were trying to protect him. I think that's part of why that game stunk so much, too, is that neither quarterback really had, had gotten any playing time. And granted, Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers, but I think even just from a rhythm standpoint, you know, and they're trying to have a new offense, it's going to take a little bit of time just to get into a rhythm. So I think I think it goes up from here. It's a, it's a good opportunity. But, yeah, that was – that was tough for Devontae owners um, this week. Um, I had I had a couple. I mean, we mentioned Hill just because he got hurt. Um, it's hard when you spend a, a high draft pick on a guy like Hill and he gets hurt like that, um, especially when they find out they're, he's not going to be suspended for the first part and then he ends up getting hurt anyway. Um, you feel bad for the guy. But that's one. Stefan Diggs, I had one as that. Now, granted, we were talking about before we started recording, you know, it doesn't help when his quarterback only throws like 10 passes. Um, I know you're mentioning. So that, that hurts a little bit, but I think, I mean, he'll go up from there too, but that, that hurts um, him, especially a wide receiver. You know, if you don't get the ball thrown to you, you, you can't really do a whole lot with it. And then another one would be um, carry on Johnson. Um, just because he, you know, he used to have the game that we thought, and we know he's he's capable of, and granted, it's still early, and so you don't want to overreact, but he was a little bit disappointing, and maybe it's because there's been, sometimes when you hear so much talk in the offseason about guys, and they kind of underperform, you know, it throws you off, and then you want to make changes, but I think I think those guys will have bounce back weeks, but those are, you know, some some bigger names that didn't didn't do as hot as maybe we were kind of hoping in, in, their, in their week one. Right, and with carry on to I had mentioned last week I'm all about carry on this year. So to see that was kind of disheartening, especially in a matchup where Arizona's defense is not <laughs> not that great at all. And to see him not take advantage was, was pretty disheartening. But I'm not giving up on him yet. Uh I know he's a great back. He's got a lot of a lot of talent. So we'll see if the offense can straighten out. The thing about week one, especially for fantasy football, is don't overreact. Like either way. If you have a player that has a great week, but historically they haven't. For example, John Ross. John Ross went off this week too for for uh, Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. I'm not hopping on the John Ross bandwagon by any means. And then you have your star players too that had bad weeks. So just don't don't overreact. Like you knew, you know when you drafted these players, and you know why you drafted these players when you did. So don't yep. give up yet. It's a long season. It's, it's, it's a long as football season. It's good. So, well, there you go. Um, any uh, any matchups or anything that you were you were looking forward to this weekend, Will? Before we sign off, anything that that comes to mind? Anything for this coming weekend? Yeah, anything that's just coming up or or someone you're wanting to look forward to watching, or just something you're looking forward to. Gotcha. Uh, first of all, will be the Panthers. <laughs> I want to see. I want to see uh, how they bounce back after that uh, game against the Rams. It's it's a good opportunity too against the Bucks at home. You know, for sure, for sure. Um, I'm actually, believe it or not, kind of looking forward to the Jets and Browns game on Monday night. Mm. We didn't mention the Browns really at all, but they they stunk it up against Tennessee, and. I'm wanting to see how they bounce back. I'm looking forward to seeing uh, Lev Bell kind of come out in his first nationally televised game. 
So it's as kind of sloppy and ugly as it sounds, <laughs> just saying it, I'm actually kind of looking forward to it. What about you? No, no that's good. I think that's going to be a good one. Um, to see if Baker can bounce back after just having a bad game. I mean, let's just call it what it is. Um, I feel like it's it, it's a very interesting uh, uniform combination, especially with if the Brown is that who who's the home team in that game? Um, you know? I'm I, I, so my wife took the computer with her today to work. She took the computer. So, <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm flying with with no uh, internet right now, so I'm not sure which one the home team is. Okay, Jet, Jets are home. Jets are home because they got the new uniform. And the Browns, the the strong brown with the orange. I was just saying that was going to be an interesting combination. So you definitely have some of the stronger uh, uniform combos. The Browns are still a favorite in this game, according to ESPN. They're a two-and-a-half-point favorite on the road. So there you go. And I would expect them to be. I think people are going to see last week as an aberration mm-hmm. and see how they how they bounce back from – because, I mean, all they've heard all offseason is how great they are. How they're going to win in the division, mm-hmm. how they're a sleeper to to maybe even face off with the Patriots late in the playoffs, and then to come out and just kind of lightly Gamecocks sitting against North Carolina, just mm-hmm. kind of get punched in the face. So the Gamecocks respond to Will in week two. <laughs> Granted, the competition's a lot different from Charleston Southern to the New York Jets, but yeah, I think I think they'll they'll have a bounce back. About that, yeah. All right, so I'm looking at the schedule now. There's some fun ones in this. We've got um, Texans and Jaguars interdivision inter, inter matchup. We've got Saints and Rams. Oh, yeah, Saints 25. and Rams is going to be top-notch. Top-notch. It's at the Rams this year. Um, that's the top one. We've got uh, the Cardinals at the Ravens. We've got Kyler playing Lamar, which that will be a fun young quarterback matchup. Um, guess who... The Patriots are playing. <laughs> they're playing the Dolphins, aren't they? Yeah, they're playing the Dolphins. Um, <laughs> uh, New England's an 18.5-point favorite, by the way, right now. That's not enough. No, yeah, it's probably not enough. Um, and, and in the NFL, preface, like, three is, like, standard for the home team. So 18.5 points on the road is, is pretty strong. So if there's there's some fun matchups in this. Um, but I'm definitely starting Antonio Brown. In case you were wondering, I was thinking about it, and now that he's playing the Dolphins, he's definitely starting. Yeah, that's so, his homecoming too. He's from Miami, yeah. so he's gonna be playing at home in front of all his family and all his all of his friends in his first game for the Patriots. So, within the first three plays of the game, look for a bomb down the sideline to Antonio. Yeah, I think that's great. So, okay, so Ant- Antonio, as one of your fantasy owners. Um, I've been through a lot in the past couple weeks, um, <laughs> but I've stuck by you, and I believe in you. You know, I think I think you're a great player, and you've had some stuff not go your way. Some some by other people's choices, and some by your own choices. Maybe a lot on your own choices, but however, you can shut a lot of people up by how you play, especially in this in this first week that you're back, and you have a great opportunity against the Dolphins. So. Um, for for me and all of us Antonio Brown um, fans and supporters, and most importantly, fantasy owners, um, please wear the helmet that they give you um, and just do whatever Bill and Tom tell you to do this week. So thank you very much. Um, we love you and we support you. 
Also, maybe see on Instagram. I feel like we needed a background music for that. Yeah. Like with the American <laughs> A nice flag, little but... melody. Yeah. To soothe, to soothe the listener. I, I, it, just, it just felt like I, need, I just needed to talk to him for a second. So thanks for letting me take that moment. I've I had like a lot on my chest um, with him, especially as I'm trying to watch games and I see Antonio tickers for the whole week. So, well, <laughs> well, there you go. There's, there's a lot of fun games upcoming. Um, thanks for listening. And it's, it's just fun to have football back. Um, so thanks for listening with this. Uh, just remember to scri- subscribe to the podcast. We're on backercatch.com. We are on YouTube. We're on Twitter, Instagram, the Facebook. Um, so for any, however you're listening, just check us out, uh, share with friends. Um, so thanks so much for listening and stay tuned and enjoy some more football.